0: grace to you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well last week we began the season of Advent talking about Jesus our hope. And this week we want to talk about Jesus our peace. So peace is our word for today. I want to begin with Isaiah and His word from Isaiah 9 verse 6. For to us a child is born to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now Isaiah the prophet spoke these words some 700 years before Jesus actually was born, and Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. The kind of peace that Jesus brings to us is not probably what most people think of uh, when they hear the word such as, peace on earth, goodwill to men. You remember those words from Luke 2 on the night of Jesus' birth when the angels proclaimed the good news to the shepherds, saying these words, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So we may ask the question, well, where's the peace? We say there's no peace on earth. Well, the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, Wages a battle, really, for the peace where it really counts, and that is in the hearts of people. It is talking about an inner peace, not an outer peace. We'll talk about that later, too. We all need this inner peace with God. It's our greatest need, in fact. Because we are all sinners and have rebelled against God, we don't have that peace automatically until we come to know Jesus. Our natural response is, To the rule and reign of God in our lives is rebellion against him. Romans 5.10 describes us in our sin as enemies of God. Think about that. Whether or not we have hostile feelings and we feel like we're enemies toward God, we're still spiritual enemies separated because of our sin. Our spiritual condition looks grim. We are lost. Another word is used in the Bible, we're lost. But the good news is that we don't have to stay that way, praise God. We can have peace with God by coming to Him as we recognize our need for forgiveness of our sins, asking Him for forgiveness, trusting in Jesus as our Savior. When we do that, Pro, or excuse me, Romans 5.1 says it this way, since we have been justified through faith, We have peace with God. Isn't that good news? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a gift of God given to us. We go from enemies of God to friends of God. We sometimes sing that hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus. Of course, he is, is, as described here, our Prince of Peace. There's really nothing more wonderful than discovering peace peace with God. It means there's no more hostility, that we are no longer enemies. Our sins are forgiven because Jesus paid the price for our sins by dying on the cross for us. And of course, the result is that Jesus has, another word is used in the Bible, the dividing wall of hostility has been broken down between us and God. And the result of that is, again, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. However, even though we give our lives to him, we will still experience hardships. In fact, Jesus reminds us that there will be outer conflict throughout our life on this earth. He says this in John 16, In this world, you will have trouble. But, he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. Did you catch that? We will have trouble. Oh, not looking forward to that, although we have peace in our hearts with God, there will be turmoil all around. You know, both can be present at the same time. We can have inner peace and yet we can have conflict and turmoil around us. In fact, Jesus warned of the persecution that would come to his followers when they confront a world that rejects him. He said this in Matthew 10, starting at verse 34. He said, Do not suppose I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Interesting words. He goes on to say that even members of our own families may turn against us. Still, we can have inner peace in the midst of struggle and conflict and trouble when we know Jesus, the Prince of Peace. We can experience that inner peace. Jesus does not promise to bring that peace to an unbeliever until they repent of their sin and come to know and trust him. And when we respond to him, and when we trust in him, this is his promise, again, excuse me, from John 14. He said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Peace from Jesus is not the absence of conflict, But it is really the presence of God. Jesus continues, For you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. If you belong to the world, he says, it would love you as its own. But as it is, you do not belong to the world. We belong to him. We don't go along with the world in order to get along. We're called to be different. Separate in the sense of different In the world but not of the world as sometimes is spoken of we're called to follow God's leading But what about that peace on earth again that the angels proclaimed at Jesus birth? again, that's a different kind of peace than What was expected? Jesus first coming did not bring about international peace, peace among the nations, peace among the peoples, as some expected under the heavy hand of the Roman Empire. But as he promised to come again a second time, which we're looking forward to, there will eventually be that international peace when, as the Bible says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That from Philippians 2 verse 10. So one day every knee will bow and confess, Jesus is Lord. And Jesus will take that rightful place as King of kings and Lord of lords. And as he reigns and the nations bow in obedience to him, then there will be that kind of international peace that is so expected by so many people. But not until that happens. It will be completely different at that time than today. Only then will there be no international peace. Conflict no interpersonal conflict no inner conflict no enemies of peace What are some of those things? When a resource called gotquestions.org I want to share a few things about what they say about inner conflict and interpersonal conflict and international conflict first of all inner conflict what is that it's when people struggle with doubts and fears and difficulties and uncertainties Mental health professionals tell us that at Christmas time, that time where there should be peace on earth, goodwill to our men, that this time of year is one of the most depressing times of the year for many, for many people. Many are lonely, many are depressed. Many are stressed out. Many have unmet expectations. And so there's inner conflict within people's lives. Now, part of that may come from the second one, interpersonal conflict, which comes from such things as family conflicts, conflicts between co-workers, conflicts with strangers. The result of that kind of conflict, interpersonal conflict, ends up to be crime or racism or abuse or violence or divorce. Well, in this Christmas time of peace and goodwill, people do disappoint. One another Maybe you've experienced that or maybe you've seen it certainly total strangers get in conflict over competing for the best uh, Black Friday deals hopefully that doesn't happen to you in the stores or a parking space that someone stole from them that they were going to park there And so you have this conflict this interpersonal conflict even even with strangers maybe that's less Likely, with more online shopping, but still, unfortunately, the shopping season during this time of Christmas seems to elevate criminal activity from shoplifting to burglary, interna- or excuse me, interpersonal conflict that is very, very real and present. And then there's the third one: international conflict, of course, with meaning no peace between nations and peoples and groups. The threat of terrorism, the threat of war, the place where Jesus was born. In fact, in the Middle East, in Bethlehem, is one of the least peaceful places in the entire world. Here was where the Prince of Peace was born, right in the midst of conflict. And we sing the song during Christmas time of Silent Night. But it probably wasn't very silent with the uh, Roman government in charge and lots going on during that time. But even though the Prince of Peace, Jesus, came, over 2,000 years ago, there remains there remains inner, interpersonal, and international conflicts all around us. Now, for the believer in Jesus, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is a deep and lasting thing that even though conflicts come, we can still have that inner peace. Not No need to fear the present nor the future. We can have, as the Bible talks about the phrase, peace that passes understanding. That really is an inner peace. You've probably heard that before, that phrase used before, which we'll talk about in a moment. But this is a peace that comes from God to us, a lasting peace not found in positive thinking or absence of conflict or in a good, warm, fuzzy feeling. It comes from knowing that God's in charge, that our citizenship is in heaven, that we are part of his family, that our destiny is sure and set, that we have victory over sin. It's a peace that can be ours inside, not dependent upon outward circumstances. The promise for us is that God's peace will guard our hearts against anxiety. Let me ask you the question today, are you anxious? If so, listen to this. Even if you're not, listen to this. If you're worried or troubled, hear this word. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Again from Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Look it up and read it again and again for yourself. The request is what? Don't be anxious, pray, talk to God. The promise is what? God's peace, a peace that passes all understanding. And you might ask the question, is it that simple? Well, yeah, God says so. You've experienced that? I know I have. We must remember that the peace of God And peace with God is not like the world's peace. It does not mean there will be no conflict. It does not mean that you will necessarily have that good, warm, fuzzy feeling. What it does mean is once you've placed your need in your life into the hands of God, He will look after you. He will care for you. He will help you whether you feel it or not. He is there. We live by faith, not our feelings. We trust in God. For he is trustworthy. You know, those feelings do come eventually. And we can certainly praise God and be glad that he gives us peace. We can count on him. No doubt about it. We can rest in him. Speaking of rest, do you have trouble sleeping at night? What do you do if you you have trouble? Do you take pills? Do you read a book? Do you drink warm milk? Do you count sheep? All of these are shared with us at different times, that if you're having trouble, do this. Or this is the best one. Or do you talk to the shepherd? We know Jesus is the good shepherd and we are his sheep. David was a shepherd himself. He talked to the chief shepherd, Jesus. He said this in Psalm 23, and you know this uh, scripture probably uh, by heart. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Another version says, The Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Well, even when we allow the Lord, our shepherd, to guide us, we have contentment. We have peace. There's a bond between the sheep and the shepherd. At a time in his life when David, who was a shepherd, was literally running for his life from his rebellious son, Absalom, who had gathered up an army and were told up, maybe up to 10,000 soldiers, that's quite an army, to come after David and to kill him. David cried out. He had conflict all around him. He cried out to God and God heard him. Listen to a part of what he says in Psalm 3. He said this, O Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. To the Lord I cry aloud, and he answers me from his holy hill. Now listen to this. He goes on to say, I lie down to sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. That's quite a testimony from David who's being pursued in order to be killed. Now sleep does not come easy in a crisis. You may know that. It's easier to sleep well when we have the full assurance that God is in control of the circumstances around us. If you're wide awake at night worrying about things you can't change, I invite you to pour out your heart to God, thanking him that he is in charge. He is, you know. David, as king, could have trusted his own army to defeat Absalom. Instead, he, de- he depended on God's mercy. And David, who was a man of war, had peace within. Peace is being able to rest in the confidence and knowing that God is in charge. Are you experiencing that kind of peace from God today, the peace of God? There's plenty of things to panic about, I'm sure, today. Many are in panic over the COVID-19 pandemic and other issues. The history of our world really is one long case study of conflict at every level, all around. Throughout the world, throughout our own nation, peace has been elusive. Chaos, violence, fighting, wars, rumors of wars persist. So the question is, what shall we do? Well, certainly the, lo- the world needs peacemakers, not just people with ideas and good intentions, but people who can make a difference. Jesus said, in fact, in Matthew 5, 9, he said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. The quest for peace should not begin at the peace table, but should begin with each individual heart. Because when our hearts are right with God, there is a blessing that comes from our lives called the fruit of the Spirit. You may have heard of that from Galatians 5. It begins in verse 22 saying, the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, the next one is peace, and goes on from there. Love, joy, peace. It comes forth as we are in the Lord, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Does your life reflect that? Does the church, the people of God, show forth this kind of peace between themselves, among others? You know, the world should observe something uniquely peaceful, when people of God gather together to worship, to pray, to sing, to fellowship, to give. But if all they see and all they hear is fighting and quarreling, there's something wrong with us. This is a spiritual battle that has gone on for centuries in the church and will go on for a long time to come. James, in his letter, called those, however, who fight and quarrel among themselves adulterous people who have joined themselves to the world's standards. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really want to be called an adulterous person, but he talks about those who constantly fight and quarrel and and do not get along. Instead, we're called to humble ourselves. Paul wrote these words, which I like. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification, Romans 4.19. I'd like to share that again. Let us therefore make every effort, I like that phrase, make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Isn't it time for the people of God to make every effort for that kind of peace? For us to grow up and stop shooting one another or shooting ourselves in the foot, or stop shooting at each other. Now, that doesn't mean that correction or discipline is unnecessary. It it is at times, or that if someone is doing wrong, they should not be uh, disciplined. But if everyone makes every effort to live in peace with one another, God will indeed bless. It's costly. There's the pain of listening, of, Ridding ourselves of prejudices, of trying to understand others' viewpoints, of risking a misunderstanding and failure, of being humble, of being submissive—that's that's tough stuff. But that's what God calls us to, and it's all worth it for the cause of the Prince of Peace. The late Francis Schaeffer, who was often called a modern-day prophet, spoke these words, and I want to quote from him about—he's talking about the modern-day church and the difficulties that it has uh, among each other. He said this, quote, I have observed one thing among true Christians in their differences in many countries. And what divides and severs true Christian groups and individuals? He says, what leaves a bitterness that can last 20, 30, 40 years? is not the issue of doctrine or belief which caused the difference in the first place, but invariably it is a lack of love and the bitter things that are said by true Christians in the midst of the differences. These stick in the mind like glue, he goes on. And after time passes and the differences between the Christians or groups appear less than they did, there are still those bitter bitter things that we said in the midst of what we thought was a good and sufficient objective discussion. He goes on to say, it is these things, these unloving attitudes and words that cause the stench that the world can smell in the church of Jesus Christ among those who are really true Christians. End of quote. Wow. Now I don't want to leave us with a negative word. But I think you get the point, that it is important for us to wake up those of us who are believers, those of us who have peace with God. Who will make a difference in this world? Who will be a peacemaker? Who will make every effort for peace, as Paul asks us to do? Well, it's you and me who call ourselves disciples, followers of Christ, Jesus, Prince of Peace. We have a tremendous opportunity to show the world that we have something within our lives that cannot be explained in human terms, something that makes us love when we, when we would rather hate, to be at peace when everything around us is in chaos and turmoil. That's something that comes only from God. To live a life of peace with God is to say, I live my life each day under that Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. I have no trouble sleeping because he is my peace. And I know that no matter what happens around me, that he will always carry me through. Praise God, for he is the Prince of Peace. Shall we pray? Oh Lord, you are our peace. You are our shield. You lift us up. You answer us when we call upon you. You sustain us. You lead us. You provide for us. O oh Lord, may we be instruments of your peace to a world in great turmoil. You are the Prince of Peace, not just for us, but for the whole world. Lord, may we respond in a positive way to you, to your word, live a life of peace, making every effort to be in peace with one another, but above all, to know you, For you are the Prince of Peace. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.